What's going on guys? This is like my fourth time trying to record this intro. I don't know why I'm having a hard time this morning, but I have my friend coach Cody Harmon on today. And I've been having a lot of coaches on lately, and particularly coaches that I feel like have compelling stories. While we don't go into too much of Cody's story, if you guys want to really, really learn more about him, go and follow him on YouTube or go ahead and follow him on Instagram. I have his information in the show notes. But today we talked a lot about the power of vulnerability and creating connections with an audience or with people in general. We talked about the power of protein and how to get in more protein and why you should get in more protein in your fat loss journey. And then we also talked about resetting expectations for weight loss and realistic expectations, what you can expect and what we usually expect from our clients and how we coach people through the process of resetting expectations. I think you're going to get a tremendous amount of value out of this episode. And Cody's just one of these individuals who I look up to a lot as somebody who has created a really, really amazing following and people who support him 1000%. And no matter what he does, it seems like everyone, all of his people kind of swarm and support him. And, you know, that's what I strive to, that's what I strive to create is connections with you guys that are deeper than just an infographic that I post on Instagram or a Twitter caption that I post that you just hit the like button, right? Like I want to create depth i want to create an actual difference in your life so cody's someone i look up to because he is able to do that with his audience and with his tribe so i think you're going to get a tremendous amount of value out of this episode and i'm going to shut up and let's get to it how long you been coaching for uh full time i've been a little bit over three years now uh but before 2020, I was basically just kind of squeaking by, uh, just very, very tight. It was, I couldn't even afford to live by myself. Uh, so it was either roommates, I had to live with my parents for a bit. Uh, so this is like the first year where I've just been able to live on my own and be more stable. And so I'm like, all right, <laughs> I hope it stays this way. <laughs> nice. And you've got your, is that a Chihuahua that you have? <laughs> she's a uh, chihuahua and jack russell so she's basically just like a big chihuahua the personality is definitely <laughs> chihuahua <laughs> and what's her name uh carly yeah carly okay okay yeah i know i see her on your stories all the time i'm like that dog is awesome <laughs> she's she's always just like hiding under the blankets or whatever yeah so that's cool i like how you, you put your own like you know, you put your own spin on your personal life to where it's not like, just like, here's my macros and here's my training. But you also kind of <laughs> let people into your personal life, which is probably why you've created a little bit more depth with the people who you interact with and who interact with you, who follow you and who support you. You know, you created some depth. And so, like, that's something I'm always looking to do with, with my people that, you know, look to me for guidance. So, you know, what's, what would you give to me as like a a suggestion of how I can create that connection or depth with, uh, with my audience as well? Yeah, I think that's definitely something that can be underrated or maybe that when coaches start out and they're not really seeing traction of either growth or kind of connection with people, it's because kind of 
it's hard to build trust with people who you don't feel like you know them well. Uh, so I feel like it's probably a really underrated aspect of everything besides giving out helpful information um, because that's great, but you can also get that from like a textbook, but it's not very personal. Uh, as far as for you, I think like, I think we talked about this like a, a while ago where you mentioned you used to be like vegan or vegetarian and you've transitioned out of that. And I was just like, that's kind of a really kind of, it's a something that people don't really talk about much, but when they do, there's a lot of people that usually can relate and connect to that because they, it is kind of a lonely feeling if you're like leaving kind of a community to a sense, but then, you know, talking about your reasoning behind it and stuff like that. Um, but then also I know that, you know, you're, you're a chef and stuff like that. And I feel like people generally do like to learn about those aspects of your life and stuff too. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think, uh, as, as well as I'm in recovery. Right. So like, that's, right. that's another big piece of it too, is, you know, I just picked up 10 years of, uh, of sobriety. I, I call it clean okay. time because I was a drug addict, but to, to everyone else, they call it sobriety. Um, but that was kind of, that's a big part of my story and why I kind of, I talk about that because a health and fitness would not even be a thing for me if it wasn't because of this. And then B it's like, I want to be more than just a fucking, you know, an infographic to people, you know, like as great yeah. as those are, like they don't create the kind of depth that I feel like I want to create with people online. Yeah. You know? So for sure. That's awesome. Congrats by the way. Appreciate that, man. Uh, do you find that you kind of use that when you're coaching people, like the the process or like the steps? There's kind of like a parallel to it that you know you you've learned, learned that can be helpful. Yeah, um, it's funny, man, because I'm a sponsor, so the process of spon. I don't know if you know what a sponsor is or if whoever's listening knows what a sponsor is, but pretty much what a sponsor is, is a guide through the steps. So a 12-step fellowship like AA or NA, you have a sponsor that kind of just takes you under their wing and they show you how to work the steps, how to apply them to your life. But they're also like when you first get clean, they can be like your main support. They can be like your main person that you call if you're like, hey, I really want to get high today or I really want to drink today, whatever. Like, you know, I need to talk about this with somebody or maybe I'm going through relationship issues and I need to just vent to somebody. Or maybe I need a solution to a problem. And a good sponsor will not, they won't just give you the solution. They will give you, they'll ask you questions and kind of do the motivational interviewing to get you to your own solution. So it's exactly like coaching. It's exactly like, <laughs> it's exactly like, so. You so when you say that, I'm like, oh, my God. Like when I figured that out, that coaching was exactly like being a sponsor to somebody, I was like, this is perfect. I know how to do this. I've been doing this for 10 years. I know how to do this. So yeah, I'm going to turn my awesome. heater off because it's like this stupid whirring noise. Hold on a sec. <laughs> yeah, so it was – it was a cool realization and I was like, it took the pressure off of me because I'm, I'm a 
a pretty new coach. Like I've only actually been coaching for, you know, a couple years and never did in-person training or anything like that, you know, besides like a couple buddies of mine or whatever. So I wasn't sure how the whole online thing was going to work, but I'm finding my groove with it. And I feel like I'm constantly trying to get better as a coach and never being complacent as like, Oh, I got it all figured out. Cause as you know, there's always more you can be doing or more you can be learning. For sure. What got you interested in like fitness, nutrition, coaching? I think for me, it was just, I, I was always in the kitchen industry and restaurants you were in restaurant. You were in, uh, I think you went to culinary school, right? Yeah. And I worked in kitchens after that too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in order to get into cooking and be really passionate about it, you kind of have to learn a little bit about nutrition. Like you kind of just have to know, like these flavors go with these flavors and this food is good for this. And this food is good for that. So I was always really into food. I was always really into flavors. I was always really into how different flavors affect different dishes. And then I got into like nutrients and how those affect your energy levels. And then I started, so I, I'd say I dove down the, the health route before I dove down like the fitness route, if that makes sense. Like I was more interested in like longevity and finding a way of eating that provides me the most energy and the most like optimum, like nutrient profile for me so that I can be like a superhuman. And I was like, nutrition is like the only way that you can be the most optimum human being. And so I, I just dove down that route so deep. I nerded out on all of it, went to school, took some nutrition courses in school and uh, I just loved it, man. Like I found myself talking to my professors after class and asking them all kinds of stuff. And I was looking into becoming a registered dietitian. And then eventually I was like, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to pay a couple hundred thousand dollars for school to, to make $50,000 and not even be able to coach people the way I want to coach people. So that's yeah. what got me into personal training. And then once I found out you can actually do a lot with nutrition and personal training, I was like, okay. Cause I always thought that was off limits. Like you're a personal trainer. You can't give any nutritional guidance or it's against the law or something. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 That's kind of like, I was originally going into fitness and nutrition before I went to culinary school. Uh, so I had, gotten a certificate through my college but then after my like community college i was just kind of like oh, that my life and then i was just kind of like thinking i want to be a, a dietitian and then i realized then i'm just kind of like spouting numbers and nutrients at people and there's no way they're gonna grasp that and that's just boring and i don't feel like i'm actually helping people so that was kind of one of the biggest reasons I went to culinary school because I was like, I need to teach people, teach people how to cook because people don't know how to cook. So how they supposed to eat healthier, they don't know how to cook food. Uh, so that was kind of like my main reason for culinary school, um, then working in kitchens. So I kind of just came full circle after the whole 
cooking area of my life. I was just like feeling like I wasn't helping people while working in kitchens. And I was just Mm -hmm. kind of like stressed and disgruntled. So I just was like, okay, we need to go back to the fitness aspect of it. And I've been able to kind of more like put the two together. Uh, So that's been kind of cool to do. (laughs) And, and something I noticed that you do pretty well is like you show people practical examples of like how to cook don't you you even have an instagram that's like shit that you will actually cook right what is what is that i followed that and i was like this is genius this is such a good name for (laughs) like a a instagram or cookbook or whatever yeah so i created this uh cookbook uh it's probably like a couple years ago now called shit you'll actually cook and so that's what i've been kind of using just as a digital handout for free for email lists. And then also uh, you can buy like the hard copy on Amazon, but I didn't want to do another like book book. So I just kind of created the website and Instagram. like, I'll just put recipes up as blog style for free from here on out. But uh, it's been a while since I've put anything up on there. Cause I'm just like juggling too much at once. So I'm just kind of like, all right, I need to focus and chill on one thing at a time. <laughs> but uh it's definitely useful, especially for clients, because when people sign up with me, then they get the, you know, the digital version download of it. So it's been like, well, you could try this in my cookbook. It should help you hit those macros. And so, yeah, yeah. that's kind of cool. Yeah, because a lot of clients, as you know, they're, you know, when they come to us, they're like, they think it's going to be like this revolutionary, like, oh, my God, like he's going to have me eating all these different like exotic foods that I'm not normally eating. And it's like, I don't know about you, but most of my clients, I pretty much have them eat almost exactly the same way that they are. I just have them increase their fruits and vegetables and increase that protein. And protein is like the hardest thing for people to get. And and so how do you coach someone through that who is having a hard time hitting their protein? Protein is definitely always the initial struggle for everybody. It's just like, man, I can't get enough protein. Uh, so if it, if they're really struggling, I'll have them kind of work up to it and be like, you're probably not used to this much. So you can, you know, just slowly add more and more. Um, I'll go over kind of like their food journals a bit and kind of make suggestions of being like, oh, you could raise your serving size of chicken here or just like add some eggs, egg whites to your breakfast or start your day off with like a good base of protein. So you're not like scrambling to get in the rest at the end of the day. Um, It's just, it's kind of funny showing that how little protein people actually eat in comparison (laughs) to everything else. And then they come to me like, I, what do I do? I I feel so full. Like I can't eat anymore. I can't hit my calories. And I'm just like, that's because before you were just eating pure carbs. And now it's just like, you're actually eating more balanced. And so now you feel more full, but, um, it's more of a process. It's, I kind of tell people like the first month of working with me, it's more trial and error. I don't expect you to actually, you know, hit the macros, uh, perfectly or anything like that. Cause you're just kind of, reviewing your diet, looking at ways to improve. And it takes a while. It even, you know, took a while for me to figure out like how to do macros. Cause I was always, we didn't really pay attention to that part. It was like, 
my era was like calories. So you just count your calories and you're good. But now I was like, oh, macros. And I had to kind of figure out it's like a game of food Tetris. So it's different. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? Total food Tetris. Yeah, I love that. Um, You know, I I say I work a lot less with like um, hardcore athletes and I work more with like the general population people who are, you know, I have some people who are definitely like chasing PRs and they're really, really getting after it with the strength training. But for the most part, they're just average people who are trying to get back into it, get healthy. And yeah, same thing. I will, I will slowly rev up their protein numbers over time. And, uh, I think I, what I used to do is I used to have these food lists, right. Where I'd be like, these are some protein sources I recommend. And then I recently, over the last like six to nine months, I started actually just having them log their food as they normally would for the first seven days of me working with someone. And then, like you said, I do the same thing where I go over their food logs and I say, hey, you know, this oatmeal that you had here, that's awesome. Just throw a scoop of protein powder in there. Or actually, you can throw some liquid egg whites in there if you want to get even more volume and more protein in there. Throw some liquid egg whites in your oatmeal and there you go. You're good to go. And then mm-hmm. you just hit an extra 30 grams of protein, no problem. And that meal is now going to keep you full until like probably like 2 p.m., whereas before it was only going to keep you full till like maybe 11 or 12. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it's it's funny too because <laughs> I, I give people like this kind of general, like a list of high protein, high carb, I know, fat hold foods. on hold on i hear even carly the, oh. i hear carly clacking around. <laughs> i don't even know what that she was just having a moment i guess um <laughs> so i'll give them like pictures of things so they kind of know but it's still like such a mystery even with that they're just like <laughs> they're like wait what what other protein foods can i add to and i'm <laughs> like it's even if you uh, present them with everything you you still have to like go through their individual logs and be like giving them like here how about this with lunch dinner whatever um but eventually it, it starts to sink in <laughs> eventually it clicks and uh yeah so do you do you have I'm sure you have clients who overthink things. And I think that's just kind of the nature of health and fitness. I tend to overthink things. I'm sure you suffer from that from time to time. So to the average person who is overthinking things and who is constantly like wondering if, you know, this is working or should I change it up or should I do this? Like, what would you, how would you coach them through just kind of always second guessing what they're doing? Uh, it probably depends what they're actually doing at first i think i've had clients who've uh asked you know or you know inquired about adding more cardio uh to you know lose more weight or to have their calories taken down to lose more weight faster but then i'll look at to what they're doing and they're not even like tracking their food or they're not even like getting in the amount of cardio that I've already assigned. So it's kind of like, well, let's uh, see what we can improve with what we are currently doing. And then we can reassess that and see where we need to go. Um, So it's, 
if it's a client that's questioning just like their own ability to grasp grasp things, I just try to just assure them that it's a process and that everyone's just learning and it takes people, you know, different times depending on the individual. But generally, you know, it does take some time to actually grasp and learn everything. It's, it's weird how people kind of accept that with anything else, it's going to take you time to learn things. Like we go to school for years for things, but when it comes to learning new eating habits and fitness and nutrition and stuff like that, they just expect that they're going to get it immediately. And if they don't, they're like, wow, I'm broken. Like I suck. I quit. And it's just like, why would you think that about this one thing and not everything else? (laughs) Yeah. And I think that tends to be the case with people who are chronic dieters who have a long history of really, really, really attaching a lot of weight to that number on the scale. And so that's another question I was I'm asking you like all the coaching tips here selfishly. <laughs> um, but I feel like this is also good stuff for people who are listening to kind of uh, to see another perspective and also see kind of where we both have similar uh, modalities or theories about this stuff. So if somebody is, let's say, let's say somebody is like a new client and over the first like let's say eight weeks, they drop like two to three pounds over eight weeks. And they're like, they, they really don't think they're doing a good job. They're like, they're like, man, I, I thought I'd be losing more weight than this. Like I must not be doing something right. Are you sure we have the calories at the right place? Should I be doing more cardio? Blah, blah, blah. Like, what would you say to somebody there who's just kind of focusing on the number on the scale and not really the other things that are happening? Um, It depends on the individual, but uh, through more time of this being a pretty common thing, uh, I started to uh, incorporate comparing their starting like assessments. So I have people kind of record starting movements, like push up squats, that sort of thing. Um, So I can compare those from month to month to show them non-scale uh progressions so it's like oh look like you're so much stronger with your push-up or you're so much more confident with your squats and i if they're really having a hard time i will have them do measurements i don't have everyone start off with measurements i'm thinking about making it required just for everyone because it is such a common thing for people to be Mm. just so stressed out by the scale um but measurements can be helpful for kind of battling the uh, just fixated on the number thing, especially if you see body composition changes. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've had people who have very like drastic visual changes and it's only like three pounds on the scale. Uh, so it's just, and, and they're just focused on the scale and you're like, uh, hello, like how are your clothes fitting? <laughs> uh, how do you feel? It, it's like, it's just a number. So don't forget that it's, it's hard though, because people really, really like to put a lot of weight into that number. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, that's, that's part of that whole, like, like we've been lied to thing from like marketing to like all these bullshit fitness magazines that, you know, it's, it's like modern day clickbait, right. On like a YouTube video, lose 16 pounds in four weeks. It's like, 
clickbait is not a new thing. Magazines have been doing that shit for years. And they've been just <laughs> yes. putting that shit on the front cover to get you to buy that magazine to see what's inside. And it's like nowadays, everyone's looking for something to go viral. And the shit that's going to go the most viral is like this number one fat loss hack is going to, you know, you're going to drop 10 pounds in two weeks. And it's like, that's why diets like keto and, and uh, you know, just, just other really, really like extreme modalities that are not always necessary. In fact, most of the time they're not unless they're medically supervised. Like they, that's why they become so popular. And yeah, I met, I met a guy the other night. He, he actually went on keto and he, he dropped like 28 pounds in two weeks, but <laughs> he, he was not, he didn't learn about like how to do it safely because like if you're new to keto, you kind of have to learn how to take electrolytes in. You have to supplement properly. It's not like you're going to be nutrient deficient and mineral deficient. Yeah. So you, you have to figure out how to do that. But uh, so this guy, he just grabs a, a jug of MCT oil and he's just, he's just pounding it because he's super busy. Right. And he knows he needs to get in those calories and get in those fats or so he thinks. And so he's, he's chugging MCT oil and ends up like causing internal bleeding and like he's throwing up blood and he's like getting really sick. And then I was like, I was like, dude, you can eat like, is there, are you like against eating carbs or like, you know, like you don't have to chug MCT oil and like (laughs) throw up blood just to lose a little weight. And he, you know, he's like, (laughs) He's like, dude, I don't think that shit was for me. I was like, yeah, no shit. It's not for you. <laughs> it's not for you. I mean, hey, you might want to educate yourself on something that extreme if you're gonna if you're gonna do that. Um, but yeah. B, like, if you don't have to, like, why would you want to cut out carbs if you don't have to? You know, it's like so it I was just trying to teach him, like, hey man, like, you know, we'll just get into like tracking a little bit of macros here and there and like you can have some carbs. You're going to feel a lot better. Your training is going to be a lot better. You know, you're going to recover from your workouts. You know, we'll eat enough healthy fats to make sure your hormones are good and that you, you know, are good to go. But uh, other than that, it's like, you don't have to, you don't have to get so extreme by cutting out these whole macronutrients, you know? Yeah. It's like all that unnecessary suffering. I mean, if that's what you're into, then, okay but you don't have to be so i think you know there's always the outlier where you know it it works for somebody and that's that's fine but i think it's just like the overall message is just it it doesn't that's not the only way you don't have to do it that way like there's tons of other ways including ways of just you know not being miserable and being able to eat carbs so yeah it doesn't have to be this I think too, like there's the sense where if you are not miserable enough, you're not going to see progress. It was <laughs> like, no, like you don't have to be miserable during this process. So chill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think if people just learn how to be patient, you know, they wouldn't have to be miserable. I think where the misery comes in is people trying to get the results too quick. And then what ends up happening is they end up being miserable and they end up, losing muscle mass 
they develop a poor relationship with food. They usually gain the weight back quicker than they lost it. <laughs> so, so it's just kind of, it's kind of a lose, lose. Like if you are impatient and you do things the wrong way, it's kind of a lose, lose because you're going to gain it back anyways. And now we have to repair Now we as coaches, because that's usually the point when someone hires a coach, right. Is when they've kind of tried everything on their own. I know for me, that was the case, right? Like I tried everything on my own and it wasn't until I hired a coach that I started to learn like, okay, you know, and then I started to follow other coaches that were more sustainable based coaches like Jordan and, and Mike and, you know, all the other coaches that I've met throughout the years. And then I was like, Oh man, I've really been fucking up these last like eight years. I have spent all this time just spinning my wheels, damaging my relationship with food, you know, and then not to mention that, but just yo-yo dieting. So I feel like I can relate with my clients a lot when it comes to that, when they come to me and they are just kind of reached this point of, just desperation. They're like, I hope you have the cure because I have not been able to figure it out on my own and I need, <laughs> I need help, you know? So. Yeah, for sure. And it's hard sometimes too, because it's kind of hard to decipher between clients who like come to you for guidance and help. And then clients that come to you thinking that you're going to do the work for them. Uh, so it's, usually the clients that expect like some miraculous discovery or like miraculous result within like a week um they tend to be the ones that ghost you i'm not sure if you've experienced that yet <laughs> um i i would say i've had like one or two that have ghosted but it's more so been they were scared you know like i don't like i don't think they were ready and they didn't realize how like low stress and how chill of a program mine is like I I really work up progressively and so I think when people pull out their wallet to commit maybe they think they're like signing up for this really amazing like hardcore challenge but I don't really do things like that I I really try to meet people where they're at you know yeah for sure I think that's always kind of confusing for people too, because they kind of have higher expectations uh, of themselves a lot too, you know, when they're not hitting things perfectly and I'm there being like, I don't expect you to yet. Like chill. It's okay. You don't have to quit because you can't, you know, hit things perfectly. Um, so that's been something I've had to like really hammer down on and just be like anyone who's, like distancing or like you feel them start to drift off you know like you're starting to to get overwhelmed aren't you like you're starting to feel like you're failing it's like come on you're not come back <laughs> <laughs> come on back over here yeah and i feel like that's something you do well too man like you have compassion and uh empathy and and that's something that uh as coaches it's it's so important for us not to just be like a robot you know and not just look at people as like another number and just a, a dollar sign or just like some macros on a spreadsheet. I think it's just so important mm -hmm. to create that actual connection with, with clients. So I'm sure, I'm sure you have like really amazing connections with your clients and they're actually like some of your good friends. So um, can you talk about like, like your, one of your first clients that you actually like 
created an amazing connection with like well, what was that like for you and um i think it just kind of like is reassurance into like why you get into this business or why you get into this job because it's it is those connections that uh make it all worth it you know there's definitely some not so great connections or just times where you're like am I just the worst coach in the world? Uh, but it's those good ones that kind of bring you back down to be like, okay, like I'm, I'm doing okay. You know, I'm still helping people like sometimes maybe not, but there's still those other people that um, are, are here for a reason. So um, I think there's, there's a, at least I still have one who was like one of my original first clients and I'm still working with them. So uh, stuff like that. Like, it's just, it's really rewarding to be like, Oh wow. Like you trust me enough to stay with me for three years. I don't expect that from everyone, but I'm not (laughs) saying that you can't, you know? So um, it's good. It's great to be able to kind of build that uh, relationship with, with clients. And part of the, the process is kind of figuring out like how to do that, better or more often with people and not just like the ones that you initially just really connect with, but just kind of trying to like, it's almost like trying to drag information out of people sometimes where it's like you have people who are just naturally really open and they'll share with you. And then there's the people who are kind of more closed off. So like, it's trying to learn how to kind of like get stuff out of them. Like maybe they're more just either they're just introverted or just kind of you know, quiet or don't really like feeling vulnerable. But I feel like sometimes if you don't start to pull things from those people, then they are going to drop off because that connection is actually pretty important. But yeah. Mm. Yeah. I like that. If you don't create those connections, people will start to drop off. Yeah. I think that's, you know, that's so true, man. Like people need to feel like I I don't know. One of my mentors always said this. He said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that struck me because like I had to really think about that because I was like, I was like, I'm so knowledgeable about nutrition and I know what micronutrients da da da. And it's like, you can know all that shit, but until people know that you actually care about them and that you actually are invested in them as people, that's something that I've had to learn as a coach is like, man, there's, there's clients that I have that I've known my, like for the better part of a decade, like I've known them for a very long time. So when I started coaching, they know me and they know that I'm a good dude and they know that I'm going to like really, really put a lot into that coaching relationship. So they, so they trust me, but new clients that come in who meet me off Instagram, like, they don't fucking know me. <laughs> like they maybe saw like a post or something and started following me and like commenting. And maybe I, we talked a little bit in the DMS or whatever. And and it's like to put that kind of trust in a complete stranger. Um, it does take a level of like, it takes a level of like just straight courage to be able to, to reach out to somebody that you don't really know and be like, Hey, I'm going to pay you this money to like, to, to like get vulnerable with you, even though you're a complete stranger, I'm going to like kind of let you into my life and let you make some really important decisions, which food and exercise are two very, very important things that we need to decide about on a daily basis. So it, it is kind of like, 
giving the, the, the wheel to someone and being like, here, I'm not a good driver. You fucking take the wheel. At least for now. I'm not a good driver right now. You take the wheel for now and we'll see how uh, we'll see how good of a driver you are because I'm I'm not very good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think it's hard sometimes because there are people who have kind of been burned by coaches previously too. So there's sometimes you have to like kind of deal with some like collateral damage. Like you have to like they're like a like a like an abused puppy sometimes where you're just like it's okay like I'm not gonna be that way <laughs> like <laughs> it's uh you know some trauma you gotta deal with from the past and also from like personal experience I've had uh you know some not so great experiences with coaches so one of the biggest things I always um ask myself is like how would I want to be coached or what do I want in a coach and uh so I try to like always always remind myself of that especially in moments where i'm just like tired and i've got these emails and i'm like man i oh i just i can't answer one more email but then i'm like well how would you like want to be coached like if you were that person in that situation like think of myself emailing my coach and then you know wanting uh like an attentive response from from him that's like specific it's not general it's not just like one word response um, so that just kind of gives me a little bit of a boost to be like, yeah, like these are all individual people that trust you. So get on it. Don't just, don't take that lightly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also you get a little practice writing too, right? It's like, uh, I tend to jump on that camera or jump on my voice memos a lot, but I actually, sometimes writing, I'd say I can go a little bit more in depth when I actually like sit down and I choose to write out like several paragraphs, it's like, not only that, but now I'm creating more depth with them. I'm create, I I'm getting more practice writing because I struggle with writing in general, like writing on my Instagram captions. Like, like we talked about earlier, you want to develop uh, some depth with people. And it's like, you've got, I forget how many words I think it's, is it a thousand words in a caption? I think it's a I thousand. Know. I think it's either. I've definitely five. hit it a few times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you you got some simple captions that are like you know they keep your attention. I've I've definitely read your captions more than I read like most coaches that I follow because it's not so dry. You actually kind of let people like know what's going on with you personally, and it's not just like not hitting your protein. Here are five tips to try. You know, it's like. That stuff's great. I love the like the practical application of certain concepts, but like I want more people to like open up about what their real lives are like. And that's something I'm really working on too. I'm talking to myself here as well. I'm not just shitting on all the other coaches. I'm talking about myself too. It's like I need to uh, really let people into my life and talk about what I'm struggling with because, um, you know, we're not all that like – you know, 9% body fat like you are, man. So we're going to get our shit together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I don't know. It's, uh, I think it's different because I came from a place of being really personal before I started, like, sharing any sort of fitness stuff. So it's probably just come more naturally to just put the personal things in there outside of, uh, the information. So it's almost like sharing information is the more vulnerable side to me because I'm not used to that. Um, 
so I've just kind of like created a bit of a mix, I guess, in in most parts. But uh, it's yeah, this past like year or so is the first time that I've put out more just general information. So it's been a weird kind of switch up for me, but like in a good way, I think. So it's been fun. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. So, so you're almost like coming from the complete opposite spectrum where like you didn't start out with the information you started out creating depth with your own person, your own personal story. And that actually makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense because you know, like just watching some of your YouTube and stuff and like all that. When I first met you, I was like, oh, shit, this guy's like really, really transparent with everything that has gone on from the start. So now it's like now it's like you got to dig into your your research bag and like give out those tips to actually <laughs> yep. like give people the game to be able to do it on their own. And and uh, so that's that's awesome, though. I didn't even I didn't even realize that. So that's Cause you actually, a couple of your videos on YouTube got pretty big, right? Like they got, they got some good engagement and you kind of developed, would you say you developed a lot of your following on there first? Um, between YouTube and Instagram, uh, those are the two where I got most of my following. And I think like the, the shitty part about the, the YouTube following is that it, it didn't come from uh, a fitness standpoint it all came from just documentation of my life um so i don't get as much engagement now when it is more fitness involved but all of the stuff that my channel started out as like it's still a part of me uh, i'll still talk about it but uh there's it doesn't play as big of a role in my life it's kind of like a new chapter uh but a lot of my following came from my old you know more documenting type of of content so it's almost like i'm starting over in a sense uh with kind of building a new base of like hey you know i'm more than 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 just (laughs) this stuff so we can move forward right but uh yeah it's kind of gone from just like documenting to learning how to be more of a teacher i guess for sure and i you know what that's cool though because a lot of people will find you from those videos and then they will follow you and they'll be like, Oh, you know, he can do it. I can do it too. And, and, you know, he can get fit and change his entire life and follow his passions. You know, I can do that too. So it's like, you're also developing some depth there. And then now people are like getting inspired by your fitness content and they're like, okay, cool. Like not only that, but I'm going to hire him as a coach because he can relate to me more than probably any other coach out there could. So you know, that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to create with the recovery space is like, it's, it's a completely different ball game when you're like, when you have an addictive personality and when you have like the disease of addiction, it's a completely different ball game to, to tackle, uh, like food addiction. Right. And I'm not qualified. I'm not qualified to handle any sort of like food addiction or like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a doctor. (laughs) I'm not any of that, you know? So like, I always recommend people seek outside help if they have like real, um, real, like, you know, problems with their, their relationship with food. But, you know, for the average person who's in recovery, who's been, you know, in recovery and they're clean and they just want to figure out how they can incorporate the things that we learned to stop using drugs to now, 
start a new healthy lifestyle. It's, it's a lot of the same principles and processes. And so really it's all intertwined, you know, so it's kind of a beautiful thing to be able to coach people through any lifestyle changes, you know, whether it be through health and fitness or through recovery or whatever, it's, it's, it's really a gift that I get to, I get to be of service. And now it's like my job, right? So I, it's a win-win, like I'm beyond blessed. And I think, um, I think as coaches, we need to, we need to realize that we are like totally, we're totally blessed to be able to do this for a living, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's like one of those things I just think about every day, like, damn, you know, I get to, I don't have to wake up to go into a hot kitchen. Like I get to wake up and just like open my laptop and start answering emails and like do the, like feel like I'm helping people making a difference. So uh, I definitely can't ever forget that. But uh, when it comes to, I feel like you have like your own little niche that you can tap into because I feel like people who are kind of in recovery or, you know, kind of on the same, have had the same or similar paths as you would probably trust you more just because they don't feel like they are going to be like judged from like someone who hasn't had that same experience. I know that's kind of how, you know, I have a small little niche in that area just because of a similar reason where they kind of trust you that you've kind of been through the same type of journey. Um, So I don't know if you've experienced kind of tapping into that yet or not, or if you think you would. Yeah, I think it's, I think there's more potential to tap into that because it's something I don't really talk about on Instagram too much, but as far as like on the podcast, I I do tell stories about like my addiction and like what it was like. And I kind of, I, I definitely dive into like non-fitness related topics, right? Like this, it's called the progress, not perfection podcast. So that's kind of like a, an actual like recovery saying that we say like progress, not perfection. It's like kind of the, the motto of like, uh, somebody who's in recovery. Right. But it also applies to everything. It applies to business. It applies to relationships. It applies to fitness, it applies to health, whatever you're trying to do. Like, as long as you're progressing, like we talk about it in fitness all the time, it's like progressive overload of the weights, right? Like you want to be increasing the amount of load or the volume or the intensity, however you can like try to always be getting better each time you step into the gym or each week. And it's like applying that towards everything else, life. It's, we don't do that enough. We don't try to challenge ourselves with like, just trying to be better people. And so that's kind of why I created the podcast. Like I want to talk a little bit more, a little bit more about like health and fitness, dive deeper into specific questions that people had into a longer format, but also give, give more people a chance to kind of understand my story, where I come from. And then hopefully somebody's listening who can relate, or maybe I'm telling their story too, because that's kind of it's a trip when you go to meetings sometimes and somebody will tell their story because there's different formats for different meetings and somebody will share their entire story. And, uh, and you're like, man, that guy just told my story or that girl just told my story. And you're like, they didn't like, they're totally different people than I am, but on the inside, we're like the same person. Yeah. 
and it's crazy. And I'm sure you've experienced that too, where it's like, whoa, that's, that's yeah. wild. How, how, like how different we can look and f- like seem like we are, but then like on the inside, those feelings are still the same. I don't know if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. It's like, I think we just sometimes don't talk about it enough too. So we kind of feel like we're just the one, we're the only ones that feels a certain way, but then when other people start talking about it, then you're like, Oh, I'm not alone. And then that's like the best part about kind of sharing your story is that you do get the opportunity to connect with people. And it is kind of this way to like gain trust or just have this, uh, you know, relatable journey. And that's how you can kind of get to know people sometimes too. So are you, are you competing right now or did you already compete? Um, I competed in October. So mm-hmm. that is over for now. I'm competing again, but I don't know when I'm in this. I need to put on a lot more uh, mass phase. So it's kind of just depends. In and I don't have a timeline. It's kind of just like my main goal is just to eat and keep <laughs> putting on muscle. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, uh, so how did this show in October go? Um, I did two. So the first show in October, I did the, I don't know if you've ever heard of Christian Guzman or, yeah. um, if, okay. So I did his summer shredding classic show in October, uh, and that went, it went well, but man, <laughs> I was just talking to another guy who competed the other day and we are both kind of on the same page of, we felt a little, a little robbed because it's called summer shredding, you know? So you, you go in shredded and the people who they picked, they kind of just like, they went for more mass over, over shreds. So it went well, like I was proud of my, what I brought to the stage, but I didn't like place or anything. Um, second show that went well was an NPC show. So it was like the first NPC show that I've done. And, uh, which is like, I don't, do you know, I don't know if you're familiar with kind of like the NPC versus any other. No, I know. So I know so very little about bodybuilding, but yeah, I know NPC (laughs) is like, is that kind of like, um, is that like the NPC bikini and then NPC men's physique? Yeah, it's the National Physique Committee. So it's just like the biggest uh, bodybuilding physique uh, thing that you Yeah, so association, whatever. It's like the most well-known. So um, just to have my first NPC show was was pretty cool. And it was like an accomplishment for me. And uh, I got... (laughs) I get... I got like fifth out of like six people. So it's like nothing to, to brag home about. Uh, but I was still like, it's, it was, I was happy to do it because it's like my base. So I can have that first show comparison to just keep building off and like kind of seeing where I was and have it to compare to later. Um, so it was just kind of like to gain experience, but I actually kind of enjoyed the atmosphere of that better. It was just, it was like more serious, but also people were, it was almost like they're they're just more kind. It was like this culture mm-hmm. behind mm-hmm. it, which was kind of unexpected uh, in comparison like a, to like the like a supportive, like a supportive community kind of deal. 
yeah, it was just kind of like this, uh, it was just like everyone kind of just like knew everyone's experience, like just what everyone was in, like everyone was there for the same reason. It was just this like camaraderie in a sense. Uh, whereas like Summer Shining Classic was about like the, you know, your Instagram posts and like your social media <laughs> and like having your camera guy or like all that stuff. It was just very like more influencer based. <laughs> so yeah, that makes sense. It was good though. So now I just gotta gain some size so I can maybe you know move up in the ranks of of placement. <laughs> yeah. So what is what uh what is what would you say the biggest changes that you've made as far as like going from just like average guy like who lifts and who has you know a good physique and you're a coach so like maybe your main priority is in like getting super shredded and bodybuilding ready, like to now the focus is on you to really, really dial that shit in. Like what has, what have you had to like sacrifice or what kind of, what are the biggest changes that you've had to make? Um, I would say the biggest changes I've had to make are more recent. So I think like my first more serious step was to hire a coach for myself uh, just because it's just when you're you're juggling a lot, it's hard to have like a, it's hard to have the right perspective because we're emotionally involved in ourselves. You know, we we base decisions off of our own emotions or fatigue and stuff like that. Whereas a coach is not going to create your nutrition plan or your your training plan off of your emotions and stuff like that. He's just there to like do his job and have you you know do what you need to do. Uh, so you know, hiring my own coach was definitely a game changer. And then essentially kind of gave up uh, freedom of my meals <laughs> because it's, it's different. So before I was, uh, you know, I was just doing the macro thing, but I would always be able to just, you know, fit whatever foods I enjoyed into to my macros. Um, but now with the more serious, uh, intensity of you know wanting to win a show and just being overall more intense with uh competing in physique uh i go strictly off whatever my coach tells me with with the meal plan and so it's like whatever he tells me to do that's what i gotta do that's why i stick to so um it makes it hard sometimes because you know coming from being someone who loves food and loves cooking and like went to culinary school and I'm just eating like, you know, chicken and rice and some weird shit. So I'm just like, don't copy me people. Cause I usually <laughs> like to have this attitude of like lead by example. And I always was doing that. That's why I made, you know, shit you'll actually cook. So it's been a bit of a, a weird shift of being like, I'm eating this, but this is for me and not for you guys. Don't copy this. <laughs> I, like this is this is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's man. I come from like that mentality of like choking down tilapia and white rice and broccoli <laughs> and like. I think that's that was like the way that we all like ate when we were new to fitness because it's like. I don't know about you, but I was on those bodybuilding.com like forums and I like, <laughs> I would like go 
and like download a free bodybuilding.com like program from some like you know like chris gethin or um, <laughs> who's the other like jim stepani or uh lee labrada like all those guys like they all had like their free programs on bodybuilding.com and their meal plans were fucking terrible dude like they were like <laughs> Like, and it did, there was no like customizing it to who you are. So I literally just copied it over. And this is like, these are like dudes who have been doing steroids since like the fucking 80s. <laughs> and so, like, here I am choking down like a pound of tilapia and like, you oh, know, God. like six cups of brown rice per day. And like, you know, I'm weighing like 165 pounds and I'm just like, trying to bulk up you know and i'm <laughs> dude i had no idea what i was doing and you know i just i'd pack around these tupperwares and it's just like dude i was miserable i was straight up miserable but i was like <laughs> i was like had this level of dedication that i look back on and i'm like i don't know if i'd be able to do that shit today because i like my food yeah it's funny though because it's like i feel like man i do th everything backwards because i was so like fucking anti chicken and rice. I was just like, I'm going to fit my macros, but I'm not going to eat the same thing. Like I'm going to, you know, I'll still eat the same thing, but it's going to be something that like I've created and it just fits and it works. Um, so I never had that, like I'm doing chicken and rice and tilapia and just egg whites and that's it. So going from not doing that to now doing that, I'm like, did I just like regress? Like what is <laughs> happening? Uh, so it's a struggle because it's like, I know better to a sense, it's just like a little bit of unnecessary suffering, but at the same time, I'm just like trusting my coach because there is more like precision involved in what's happening. It's not just this average, like, oh, you want to build some muscle? Okay. So it's like, no, this is for competition. This isn't just to like look good. It's, you know, for a reason. So that's my, my thing that keeps me going. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard sometimes because being a coach, you also want to be a control freak and be like, okay, I'm just going to take control of my own stuff and like do it my way. It's like, no, like, what do you, what do you do? This is why you have a coach. Like you're saying, <laughs> you have, you have no reason not to trust this person. Like they've gotten you this far and they're great. So like, what are you doing? Stop. So yeah. 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 <laughs> and I mean, I feel like that's why you know, you have to have some skin in the game when you're like trusting somebody who's like actually getting you to a place where like, you know, you need to, you need to actually be competition and like be at like top level for your, your own genetic potential. So it's like trusting someone else through the process who has done that, who has gotten other, other people to that stage and gotten them to a place where you're like, damn, I'm, uh, that's possible for me. Then you're like, okay, I trust you. Let's, I'm going to stop thinking about it because I've never gotten anybody to a bodybuilding stage nor like that's like a totally different level of coaching. That's like you like bodybuilding coaching. I feel like is like it's it's like the baking of cooking. Like you need like you have to have everything down to the gram. <laughs> and it's like and it's like that's why I didn't bake, dude, because. I like just throwing ah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, yeah, a little bit of cayenne, a little bit of yeah. And I didn't, I didn't like to measure anything, That's right? That's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's like the best analogy I've ever heard. With that, that's so true. Uh, yeah, because 
I'm learning, you know, even from my own experience of how different it is to be like a stage prep coach uh, versus just like a coach like us, you know, general population. There's there's a lot of difference. Uh, and I'm learning more and more about that because I'm thinking, you know, if I potentially want to, you know, coach some physique athletes, uh, then I'm going to, you know, going to, I want to learn as much as I can to, you know, be a good coach at that as well. Uh, but I think I've been kind of amazed at like how much I, I didn't know about it and learning that has been kind of fun as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you're learning some like hacks and some tips that you'd bring into coaching your own clients or maybe just like stuff that you'll stick with even when you're not prepping for a show. So like, you know, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's some foods because bodybuilders always have these like secret foods that they use to like make sure that they hit their carbs just perfectly. Like if you're under carbs, yeah. you know, take in this, uh, this maltodextrin powder, <laughs> or like whatever it is, you know, like bodybuilders yeah. have all kinds of tricks. So it's like, I'm sure some of that stuff would actually be useful for gen pop if they were down to do yeah. it. So. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the weirder, like, it, yeah, it's just more precise with everything. Uh, so if I think about actually like training someone for the stage, I'm, I get a little stressed out. I'm like, oh my God, like that's a lot of responsibilities. So um, mad props to prep coaches. That's for sure. Yeah, for real. So what's what's the uh, what's your most favorite meal you look forward to right now, and then your least favorite? <laughs> oh man, is it weird that like man, I hardly look. I don't even look forward to food anymore, which is pretty sad. <laughs> uh, it's there's got to be I, one I, that you like a little bit more though. Man. Unfortunately, the only thing I really look forward to right now is like my cereal with protein powder milk. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I feel like a child, but um, it's uh, probably because it's like the least filling. So it doesn't make me just feel horrible afterwards. But when you're eating so much food, like it, you don't even crave anything anymore. Like before I would have peanut butter and it would almost be this like uncontrollable urge to just like keep eating it. And now it's in my house and I'm like, I don't even feel like eating peanut butter. Like it's, I've had enough of it um, for a lifetime. So um, I probably look forward to a cheap meal each week, which is like usually sushi. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. I love sushi. <laughs> but it's weird being full all the time or just never being hungry. It takes, takes some of the fun out of it. <laughs> I know everyone like everyone who's in a diet a deficit is like oh man I can't wait to be on a bulk and then once you're on a bulk you're like man I can't wait to be on a cut <laughs> no seriously it's like I never expected like to just be so tired of food and I'm almost like I'm better at starving so let's just you know go back to that <laughs> <laughs> so at least like food sounds good and you like can daydream about it but now i'm just like oh no i don't i don't want that that's i'm yeah. good <laughs> <laughs> right on cody well hey man it was a pleasure having you on dude thanks for coming on and uh i don't want to take up me. too much of your day i know you're a busy man but uh where can people <laughs> find you and where can they connect with you if they want to follow you and 
check out what you got to say. Um, Instagram, you can find me at Mr. Coach Cody. Twitter, Mr. Coach Cody. YouTube is Cody Talks. And then also podcast is just Coach Cody. Yep. Awesome, man. Oh, yeah, bro. It's been a pleasure and uh, good luck with your show in the hopefully f- new foreseeable future. And I'm sure you will be killing it once you put on some more mass and eat all that tilapia. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Have a good day, man. See ya. You too.